0: Hey, podcast listeners! Mara Davis here. Here's an exclusive preview episode of the new series Elizabeth the First. It's the new podcast from Imperative Entertainment about a truly remarkable woman, Elizabeth Taylor, the very first influencer. Katy Perry's such a fan; she is hosting this series, and you will learn so much about this legend. If you love this preview, there's nearly 10 hours of audio from the full series available where you can binge right now. Just search Elizabeth the First on any podcast platform or click the link in the description of this episode. But let's begin your preview right now.
1: The accident had happened because it was, I remember it was around three in the morning or something. And I heard a car coming up the driveway and I ran downstairs to see what it would be and Montgomery Cliff was covered with blood. He'd had an accident. The car was wrecked. There were people around him. There was a cop. He'd had this accident. The way it was described in Hollywood was that he'd, he'd done it himself. He'd slammed his car into a tree. My dad refused to believe that. Elizabeth then took on this new role. She took care of him. She was, she was there for him during that time. And I came down, I was standing behind my dad, and he said, Jill, you go right back to bed, and Marty's gonna be okay, I'm gonna take care of it. Because I liked him too, because he was sweet. And I remembered that real love wasn't about just kissing and hugging, but wanting to take care of and heal somebody.
2: Loving Montgomery Clift may have been Elizabeth's first formative experience with a friend in great pain but it would not be the last. Regardless of the control the studio had, an adult Elizabeth remained capable of prioritizing her own health and happiness. Publicity, and even the career, meant nothing to her compared to that. A year after her divorce from Hilton, Elizabeth fell in love and married Michael Wilding, an English stage and film actor, 20 years her senior.
1: You know, if you fell in love and were close to someone, it was automatic that you got married. I was brought up; that was uh, those were my morals, and it just, no matter how how old I got, it was still like, you know, I had to um, legalize it.
2: Despite her traditional values and the circumstances of her first divorce, the quick second marriage was blood in the water for the gossip mongers like Hedda Hopper. Headlines. Gossip rags, the clickbait of Elizabeth's era. It never hit the mark of the truth, especially when it came to Elizabeth and love. There was no recklessness, no raucous lifestyle. Elizabeth was just traditional. She believed in marriage, and when she was in love, she committed. It's that simple. In her day, that wasn't the story, the frame, that the studio thought would sell. And their gossip journalists, were on the payroll to sell a product.
3: With the story about Hedda Hopper and Luella Parsons, they were there to put a positive spin on the actors. And okay, this was the 40s, but people were, ha- I mean, people were just as raucous and wild as they are today with sex and alcohol and drugs. It's not like that stuff didn't exist back then. They were a bunch of actors, beautiful people, And they had wild parties, and they did all the stuff that we do hear about today. But the studio covered all of that up and protected them. But there was a really high price that they had to pay because the studio controlled everything they did and everything they were and how the public perceived them. So they couldn't be their true authentic selves. But Elizabeth was her true authentic self and didn't get fired for it. She was in a male-dominated studio system. And she held her own. And when she married Michael Wilding, so she's like 20.
0: All cameras at London Airport
4: are focused on two people very much in love. But no Hollywood premiere could ever compete with this, as thousands of fans fought for just a glimpse of these glamorous stars on their wedding day.
3: And for the first two years, she let him make all the decisions. But she fought for some roles and got them. And once she realized that she had power over the film she made, she started calling the shots. And essentially, that's why their marriage broke up. Because for the first couple years, it was all him. And then it was all her. He hated it. He was miserable when she started to become independent. And that's really when she did start to become the most independent.
2: It was a second marriage that could never work. but. It gave Elizabeth the one role that mattered above all others. She became a mother.
5: Hollywood, where a new
4: personality makes his film debut. Michael Howard Wilding, the two-month-old son of film stars Elizabeth Taylor and Michael Wilding. As you'd expect, the camera holds no terrors for baby Michael. He knows he's playing the leading role. And this is one time when Elizabeth doesn't want to be billed. She's just happy to be young Michael's mom.
2: Elizabeth and Michael had two boys. Michael Jr. and Christopher. Her love of motherhood naturally eclipsed that of her art. Yet, even in this sacred part of her life, L.B. had control.
5: The world that she had to navigate in the studio system seemed to be very difficult, especially being a woman. We have, for example, some letters, or I guess you would say notices from the company from MGM, notifying her of her reduced compensation period uh, due to her pregnancy uh, with her first child. And so at that time, there were, of course, no protections for, for women and for maternity leave or things like that. And so because she was a salaried employee and she couldn't work, they reduced her compensation. If she didn't report back at the time specified, by the company, then they would extend that period. So we have letters or notices along those lines that are informing her of this reduced compensation period.
1: February 16, 1953. Addressed to Mrs. Michael Wilding, professionally known as Elizabeth Taylor. The letter was from MGM Pictures and said, in part...
0: By reason of the birth of your child on January 6th, 1953, the reduced compensation period provided for in paragraph 29, in this connection, it is expressly understood that the extension of said first reduced compensation period, as herein provided, is purely voluntary on our part. After years of surviving
2: and thriving in the patriarchy of the studio system, Elizabeth thought marriage would be her way out. She longed to be a wife and mother, and just disengage. Even though it meant giving up her art.
3: That was the most important thing to her. Of course, being a mother, she was very, very proud of being a mother and her children and all of that. But, you know, this is somebody who'd been playing roles since she was a little girl, so I think it makes sense to call it a role. She wanted to be with a man. At the end of the day, she's a human being like you and I are. And yet she's got this huge responsibility of being this arguably most famous woman in the world. And no one can do that with her. So sharing her life with somebody and having it be a combined experience with somebody else was the closest thing she was ever going to have to company in that area. And I think that was really important to her. And she wasn't, her ego wasn't so big. I mean, she really wanted to um, have her life be his life. She was traditional in that way. Of course it never worked out because she was Elizabeth Taylor.
2: Despite the disappointment of her marriage to Wilding, Elizabeth had a chance at happiness with her children. Her passion and love of family would ultimately lead to her freedom. Her granddaughter, Naomi Wilding, gives us a window into this private part of Elizabeth's world. For
4: most of my childhood, um, my grandmother, even though she married often, she didn't have um, sort of a male partner that was responsible for the family in the way that she was. She was the matriarch. She, she led our family. She was extremely successful at everything that she did and and she raised us in that same way that that way which was of compassion and love but was very very firm and i and that was that was our strong influence there was never any question about who was in charge she was competent and confident capable and I, but at the same time i think if you had a conversation with her like all of us she would say, well, I don't know what I'm doing, or I feel insecure about this, that, or the other. But that didn't change her ability to to lead by example, to raise her family in the best possible way. Yeah, but she was more than a matriarch. She had done a lot, and she had sacrificed a lot of her own freedom. I think she really wanted to take care of us. Yeah. She was a real person too, what's and all. She was a, and she was also a, a real parent and a real grandmother. And you know, for all the, for all the sweet stuff, she could also be really strict. That's the unremarkable stuff that you don't necessarily remember so much or you don't talk about because it's just normal. If she heard you being rude to somebody, if you were being a bratty kid, you might speak, speak to somebody rudely. That was not tolerated. Things like that. She, and she'll snap at you and tell you off took on the responsibility of matriarch it was important to her which she wasn't ambivalent to that role and she wasn't just like because she was the the grandmother she knew she was the matriarch this was a role she took on happily to the point where she was the one that brought us all together for holidays and things it was part of her job make sure we get all the family together and keep it keep it going she was really fun yeah yeah really fun
2: Along with motherhood, the second jewel that Elizabeth's marriage to Wilding brought into her life was the love of her life. Theatrical, impresario, and charismatic producer, Mike Todd, Mr. Passion. With his creative productions, Mike was a roller coaster of wild success and catastrophic failure. The ultimate high roller, he fearlessly leapt from epic highs to bottomless lows and back again. And he carried his high-risk energy off the stage, once winning and then losing an entire racetrack in a game of cards. Mike Todd was a hardcore gambler, literally, in an unforgiving town. The man could and did get any and everything he wanted, all with a twinkle in his eye. He was simply irresistible.
0: I think 80 days received something like 70 or 80 awards from all over the world but my heart was really in my throat the night of the Oscars. When it was time for the Best Picture Award and they called me up, without thinking I ran to the platform and I grabbed it. I mean, I grabbed it. I won the two biggest prizes you can get, the Academy Award and Elizabeth Taylor.
2: As told by his best friend, actor Eddie Fisher, Mike fell in love with Elizabeth at first sight. They met at a friend's dinner party while Elizabeth was still married to Wilding. Mike Todd invited the Wildings over to his place for a future dinner, just to get another look at her. The moment he heard that Elizabeth and Wilding had separated, he went for her like a heat-seeking missile. He found her sitting alone in a VP's office at MGM, took her by the elbow, and without saying a word, swept her away to a private room where he could plead his case. I see you've decided to shed that guy. Don't start looking around for someone to latch on to. You are going to marry only one guy. See? And his name is me.
3: So Mike Todd finds Elizabeth at MGM, and he pulls her into an office and basically spent an hour telling her, convincing her, letting her know that they were going to be married. They were going to, he was in love with her, clearly. And you know, she had met him before and he was just this huge personality and this truly wonderful man who absolutely thought, believed and knew he was the luckiest man on earth to have a chance to be with Elizabeth Taylor. And she fell in love with him. He taught her how to love. He taught her how to love, but he taught her how to be loved. That's what Elizabeth really focused on with him. He taught her how to be loved because his love for her was so great. He considered her a queen, and in many ways she was. He treated her like a queen. He had her on a pedestal, and he took care of her. spoiled the kids he spoiled Elizabeth but he knew that Elizabeth couldn't be spoiled because she was too pure of heart but he lavished everything on her i was reading interviews with some people that worked for them at the time and they talk about mike's love for elizabeth and they said you know he really was so enamored with her and the, they they questioned whether mike would have even been able to make around the world in 80 days if Elizabeth had been around because so much of his attention was focused on her. But Mike was a brilliant man. He was a showman. He was a con man, but he was a good, solid man. And Elizabeth needed that because she was a good, solid woman. And she needed her emotional emotional equal, her intellectual equal, and somebody where they could really have a, uh, have a real life together. And when you're Elizabeth Taylor, that isn't the easiest thing because there's a whole bunch of baggage that comes along with that. The fame and with the, uh, the world and the focus on her. But Mike had the guts and the wherewithal. And most importantly, he, he worshipped her. And, and through all of that, she, she learned how to be loved.
2: With Mike... Elizabeth experienced the elusive thing that we all want, that we all long for, because it's the key ingredient to true love. The world's most photographed and media-covered actress finally felt seen. Mike saw her soul. He knew what made her tick and what made her unique, what actually made her the most beautiful woman in the world, her indomitable spirit, her generosity, her brilliance, and our thirst for joy. Mike Todd got Elizabeth Taylor. Ruth Peltison, Elizabeth's editor for her autobiographical book, My Love Affair with Jewelry, which was, of course, a fabulous art book, weighs in.
0: Well, I mean, Elizabeth's stories about the jewelry were always great. Um, One thing I do recall thinking quite a lot at the time, because people love to play the game. Who did Elizabeth? Which husband did Elizabeth love most? And and uh, any of us who have gotten past our thirties know that love changes. We might love at twenty-five. Love is different than when you're forty-five. Um, that sort of thing. But I remember so often thinking that when Elizabeth would speak about pieces from, say, Mike Todd and things going on in their lives or with Burton, my takeaway was her voice changed talking about Mike Todd. I thought he's her guy. He's her person.
2: Elizabeth and Mike were married in Acapulco, Mexico, in early 1957. It was a third marriage for them
5: both.
0: Well, Mrs. Todd uh, is my favorite person in the whole world. There's no secret about it. There's no better way in the world of spending it than trying to spoil Elizabeth. You can't. But that be uh, somebody once said, is Elizabeth spoiled? And I said, I don't know, nothing more
5: pleasant than trying to spoil her. I won't be able to, I don't think.
2: The baby would be a girl named Liza, just as Mike had wished. It was a time of pure happiness for Elizabeth. In the months just before Liza's birth, Edward Murrow sat down with the happy couple for his popular show, Person to Person. As you listen, imagine the visible grins and literal beaming on their faces. This is from an era where man and wife often stood in rigid roles. But for these two, marriage was a playful dance between two electric minds. This is passion.
1: Liz, are you ready? Of course! That's my girl, that's the new Liz, she's ready. First we came from Mexico, then we went to California, then we came to New York, then we went back to California, then we came to Chicago and we went back to California, and we have a house in Palm Springs. Then we left Chicago last night at 9 o'clock this morning.
2: Because a Saturday was their anniversary. Every Saturday, Mike bought Elizabeth
3: a gift. To see Elizabeth, when you give her something that she really loves is an unbelievable feeling. She is such a, a generous gift receiver. And you, I mean, giving her something that she loved was better than, than you know, getting something yourself. And I know they always say, okay, it's better to give than to receive. But with Elizabeth, she would give you, if it was genuine, I mean, she always put on a, a show, but you could tell when it was real and when it was like, okay. But, I mean, she was, she was like, Not shy about it. You would never hear Elizabeth say, oh, you shouldn't have. I mean, that is one thing that I believe never came out of Elizabeth's mouth. She was like, thank you. I mean, I love this. You're wonderful. You know, I mean, she wouldn't and throw her arms around you. And it was a big show.